once again, everybody, welcome back to episode 51 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis Ness Friend. That's Alex Sness Drunk. We took a week off, maybe two weeks. I don't know at this point. It's been a while, but it's good to be back chatting with my man Sness Drunk. How's it going, Alex? Going just fine. Uh, I should warn you, though, that my voice is failing. It probably sounds pretty bad based on your laughter the nanosecond I started talking. So uh, it's pretty cool, though, because like once I reach a certain register, I just start, I keep going up and up and up and up and up. And once I hit this register, it's really, I start to sound like Morty. Oh, oh, oh geez. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's very, very distressing. But yeah, anyway, if I talk, if I, there, there's an old inside joke with my friend from high school. It's, I can't talk, but if I raise my voice, I can talk. Like if I lose my voice, I'm like, uh, but if I, but if I talk even louder, then it's all of a sudden it's, it, my voice returns and it's, it makes no sense. My throat is a, is a weird labyrinth of organic tissue that, uh, has defied many laws of biology and stuff. So how are you? I'm good. I mean, were you up late last night doing your Hetfield impersonations or something? What happened? Yeah, to he, yeah, I can still do that. That's still dead on. Do, did you well actually somebody? Did you have to nerd out on him? Yeah. No, but um, a <laughs> um, couple things. I, I This is the only re- reason I got like this is because of decongestants and the wonders of allergies that it, it, that stuff starts, uh, post-nasal drip starts going down your throat. It's lovely. You should yeah. try it sometime. It's not, it's it's better than uh it's better than uh ecstasy uh, falling out of an airplane but really um I actually did the um uh nerd voice in person today for oh. the first time like in the wild to a total stranger oh um yeah I was at well I mean I was I was I was buying beer I, I had to get some arrogant bastard for this uh for this recording and uh <laughs> the people at the at the behind the counter were dorks and the i could you, you can just tell you know it, it'd be around these folks for like two seconds and it's like oh they're dorks and uh <laughs> they were talking about this beer it's like hey, you're best you do and making their like lame jokes and stuff like that and it's like yeah i think it's actually 6.9 alcohol and i said well actually it's 7.2 alcohol and then oh you got <laughs> the, those the guy, guys the guy the guy did the is the guy did the fake pushing up glasses thing and we were joking around and I then I busted out the full well actually and he got a laugh out of that so hell yeah man glad yeah, to see it it was, it was pretty funny wild. nice and you got his ass on that 0.3% yeah oh, 0.3% that stuff adds up man got his ass adds up got his ass <laughs> wait my whole life for that moment very cool I well actually uh, a group of what I assume were teenagers not a group. There were a pair of them, and and a pair of teenagers is very intimidating. But I was in a game store, and it's a place that sells refurbished goods from like 1985. So I don't know why there's just kids in here. They don't know what they don't know what the stuff is. But they're behind Maybe the they counter. Like the smell. They love the smell of old plastic. It smells like they're at this point their grandfather. And mm-hmm. behind the counter, they they have a tablet on the wall that's uh, got some music playing, and they can they can swipe on it and stuff like that. And uh, a song comes on. It's a, it's a familiar song to most. And it, you know, I'm not asking for anyone's opinion on this song. It was Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Hurt was playing. Not not the best bopper for inside of a store. Of course, I'm a Nine Inch Nails <laughs> what the hell fan. Are they doing? I don't mind it. It was probably on some some playlist the store had made. 
without these kids around, like the owners made that playlist and these kids happen to be working that day. And I'm okay with that song. It's fine. Again, not, not the best in-store bopper, but it, that's not the problem. The problem was one of the kids was like, oh my God, what is this? And the other one was like, I don't know. It's awful. It sounds like a terrible country cover. And they <laughs> knocked each other over trying to go to change it. And I was like, well, actually, you know, because it's not a cover. Yeah. And oh, I was so like, mm. but then I realized I'm just old. That's the problem. Oh, that's hilarious. There's so many things about that uh, are funny. Number one, uh, I, I somehow imagine you just like driving around bored looking for teenagers to, well, actually, you know, just, just looking for people to correct teenagers in particular. Yeah, that's a great easiest. visual. Um, and number two, what the, <laughs> the idea of of going into a store and you, you're met with that song is is pretty damn funny. Um, it reminds me of when uh, the, the one and only time I went to a strip club and um, it was for my brother's bachelor party. This would have been like 2002, 2003. So I would have been like 20. My brother, uh, this this place was sad. This was like our first stop of the night. And we realized we needed to get out of there when one of the women started dancing to Loser by Beck. (laughs) And we were just like, all right, this is way too depressingly ironic. We need to get out of here now. Oh, man, that's my anthem. I get down to that. (laughs) Hell yeah. Loud and proud. of evil in a bozo nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Spinning around the pole. Nothing gets my loins stirring than Beck. And then you look around and there's guys in tracksuits and shit like that have been there since like four in the afternoon. And it's like, oh, my God, this place is a fucking nightmare. Separate, separate question. Why would you ever wear a tracksuit to a to a strip? Oh, there it hose off easier. It's a (laughs) that's probably I didn't think of that. I think it's to hide the uh, the uh, I don't think it's hiding much. That's my concern. The the pants tent. No, I mean, these guys, you know, they look like you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot to say about Eastern Europe lately. Nothing personal Eastern Europe, but Adidas tracksuits are popular in Eastern Europe. Are they not? Sure. Especially sure Adidas they are, ones. Yeah. But yeah, just, no, the, 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 it's it's to get the pants tent going to be more discreet about it, uh, I, I, I would know. guess. My but track that, that, pants that's, are very... Uh, well, if they're super baggy... Uh, demonstrative of my, of my mood. They reflect me, I will say. <laughs> What are you wearing? Like wearing them like sweatpants, like you're Andy Samberg or something? Like, geez, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never owned a tracksuit. I've never worn track pants in my life. So it's a flimsy fabric. I think I, I think a good time at a strip club would show. Is all I'm going to say about it. But big uh, time flim- flimsy fabric was tough for you there. But uh, I know. Well, I do. I do some. Gotta, I do some speech warm ups beforehand. You know, I do. It was I, a I flimsy my, fabric, Trav. You, you got to work on your flim. You gotta get that phlegm going. Let's just get into it. Recent videos we've been because we, you did a, you took a week off and or maybe two weeks. I don't even know at this point. Now I you're took back. Three weeks off. You took, took three weeks, weeks off. off. I took eight weeks off. I don't remember. But you um, know what? You, no, you I, took three weeks off and you came back with three ninjas. Kick back. You kicked back. Mm-hmm. I liked what you did there. Very good. Yeah, that game's pretty forgettable and to the point where I don't really remember a whole lot about what I said about because I've moved on to other stuff and yeah, it's it's I, not all that great but it's not as bad as you might think it would be have you played a game for a movie that you've not seen that has dissuaded you further from watching the movie yeah (laughs) that's actually a good description of it i have i am never been less motivated to watch uh three ninjas kick back Hmm. not only am i wildly out of their uh range for you know their their demographic 
Um, I, uh, it, it's just not my thing. I wouldn't even have liked it if I were a kid. It seems too pandering. Is it just not enough ninjas or too many, you think? Is it the number of ninjas? Yeah, if it's pandering, then there's too many ninjas. Too you're, many ninjas. You're, you're going to in too hard on the whole ninja shtick. I mean, if you're going to come at me, come at me with stuff like the, the, the Sandlot, you know, like mm. forever, and then you got baseball, you got uh, you're killing me smalls, like that's got some memorable moments there. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. I think my only big issue with the three ninjas was that one's name was Colt, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's just a name reserved for Texas high school quarterbacks. I don't think that that's a ninja. <laughs> that's not a ninja name, so. Yeah. I, I, I can't argue with that logic, yeah. Yeah. I did a video on RBI Baseball, all three of them, and you know what's interesting? Mm. Uh, it, you know, just from my perspective, I didn't grow up with those games. I didn't play the RBI Baseball series. I know a lot of people played that first one, and boy, do they love it, and they were all in those comments. Uh, second and third one, I think undeniably better, but there was there was a bit of a war going on in the old comment section where the one stands were going up against the two and three stands, and it was an all-out war. I was like, guys, we're all friends. We're all baseball fans, am I right? Um, I'm not sure that that was even true, but uh, wow, a lot of a lot of diverse opinions on RBI baseball. Didn't see it coming. My yeah, goodness, it, we got it. My goodness, oh my, oh my, oh my. Yeah, I can still do that voice at least. You're my fake Vince Scully. Yeah. But um, RBI baseball three is. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe I'm even. We even have to like mention it. Like it's it's right. far and away better than the fir- the first one. Is kind of. Uh, jank you know yeah. like it, it it was really good for what it is what it was but i mean come on the games got better as they went along the Absolutely. sequels are better come on that's what happens it'd be like somebody saying like yeah you know madden 95 is so much better than madden 19 <laughs> like you you don't mean that you don't mean that. yeah i don't get that at all you had uh you had an arcade game in there and i, I never know about those arcade games i'm such an arcade noob well, so am I to a certain extent because I find this stuff and I, I've never heard of Gaia Crusaders. So I'm like, well, that's why I do this whole thing in the first place is to learn about it. So might as well share what I learn. And um, yeah, 1999, they're still cranking games out like that. And um, I can't oh, remember off 99? the top of my head. Yeah. Wow. I can't remember off the top of my head the name of the developer. It's like Dis- Destruction Factor or something like that. But cool. they ended up working with uh, SNK a lot uh, in the early 2000s. And you can tell that they fit right in because that this game looks a lot like an uh, SNK style pixel art and that sort of stuff. Um, really fun game. It's a two player. Um, a bunch of different characters you can choose from that all have different stuff you can do with them. And you eventually uh, unlock other characters that you can, uh, bosses that you defeat, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is um, cool. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And one guy, one guy has, uh, one of the bosses has like swords for hands, and then you can pick up a sword. So you've got like a sword hand using a sword as a weapon. <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like swords. You know, yeah, like yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. I love it. Yeah, it's really dumb. A lot of the character designs in there were really cool, so I, I don't know, pretty pretty neat. Yeah, it's it's really good looking game. And then you did uh, you did a listicle, you did a list video. Finally, yeah, I well I did it to make you happy. Five games with amusing Famicom titles. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> that that was a good one. It, it, it's anything that highlights the differences between uh, what we got and what they got is pretty funny. Although I am surprised you didn't mention the the whole Yo Noid thing. 
Well, actually, Yonoid was the thing that actually the uh, I saw that <laughs> and I was I, I was like, wow, that's that's a funny difference. I wonder if I could do a series of those. And then once I dug into the I guess the Wikipedia of it all, I forgot the one that inspired me to do it. So I left Yonoid off after I was that was the one that made me think about it. And I couldn't remember what game it was. But anyway, yeah, I think that I think I could spin some more similar type videos out of this because I mean that was five out of like I don't know eight hundred. And they're all all pretty amusing. I mean, I made Castle Excellent amusing, and that's not that amusing, you know. So I think uh, it is. I got to stretch it a little bit, but it was pretty. It was pretty well received. I always hesitate to do those kinds of things. Come outside the box a little bit, and uh, I really shouldn't be because it always goes pretty well. Uh, I did get a great compliment though. Maybe the best compliment I've ever received on the channel uh, from that video. It actually came in today from a one Gordon Freeman. I'm not sure if that's his real name, but hmm. he said, um, and he was nice. He was kind. He apologized, you know, for uh, for complimenting me from the start. He said, "I'm sorry, but this is like listening to somebody's dad trying to pull off Mitch Hedberg jokes." I was like, "Wow, thanks, man. That's incredible." Because I am somebody's dad, and I love Mitch Hedberg. I mean, you fucking nailed it. I was like, "Nothing to be sorry for, man. That's great." So, big compliments. People are loving it. And uh, I'd like to do more stuff like that. I did. I did some little jib jab animations because I was bored and uh, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that so was a nice cool. touch. Um, I think so. Yeah, help from a friend there. That was cool. The bear, yeah, Ash Brown Bear. That really, yeah, that really took me off guard. I was not expecting that, and it was well done. So good job, Hash Thank Brown. Thank you. Yes. Good stuff. And yeah, and then you also did. I won't say a listicle because you've already used that word, but you did a very interesting. You did a thing that I don't know that I would have ever been able to describe as a video, and you did it really well. Just like games you were aware of just because you saw them somewhere. You saw that box art, and you were like, what the fuck's that? But you never actually thought to look. You just kept seeing it. It's a great concept. You never. Well, I mean, because that's what it was like to wander around a rental store and try and convince yourself, like, okay, I get one game for however however long. It's not a guarantee that I'll be back next weekend, so I have to make this count. And rolling the dice on some, one of those games you saw like tons of commercials for was never fun because you never know knew what you were going to get. So nobody ever rented. Who the hell rented Zoop? Nobody. Like, <laughs> no, the, it, it was it's so ugly. Like the 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 cover and the logo. It's just it hurts to look at. And that's the thing. So, when you showed it in the video, I was like, I, I don't think I've ever even seen a screenshot. of it. I think in all the marketing, <laughs> they never showed the game. I don't no, think they, they I've never, never seen the game. this before. Yeah. And the, they made sure to make the game as ugly as the logo because the game sure is did. pretty painful to look at too. Yeah, um, yeah, it's weird when when they do that with, with <laughs> they just go all out with that stuff and they're just you know eh, the game is just whatever we can do whatever we want with the message behind the game and it's just eh. Eastern European Looney Tunes though this is the video that took you down in part <laughs> large swaths of a continent. Well, Latvia. Uh, Lithuania. Yep. Um, there's another one that starts with an L over there. I can't remember the name of uh, Belarus. I'm not popular there. Uh, <laughs> Slovenia. I, I know I'm not popular there. I'm just going off the top of my head here. Uh, Very, I mean, you're doing a good job. Finland's cool. Uh, I think Finland's technically Scandinavia, though, so that probably doesn't count. Um, that's really all. All I can think of Eastern Europe. I mean, you, you got you can shoehorn uh, uh, Romania in there. I think probably. You start getting into like the Bosnia Herzegovina or however you say that Herzegovina. Then, yeah. then you're getting into like stuff I I, I don't understand. You know, I, I can't sure. even pronounce the country name. It gets so. tough. 
Yeah, yeah. Not only are are these uh, places mad at me for referring to uh, brutal Paul. Was it brutal Paul's of Fury or Bubsy? What what the hell was it? Brutal Paul's of Fury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Referring to that as a, a Eastern European uh, take on Looney Tunes. Now I don't even remember all of the countries that are mad at me. So yeah, take that. Um, but yeah, so you. But that was it. Was funny. But you're saying that some people in the comments were like, hey, what do you got against Eastern European cartoons, man? I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's a Maciege, like M-A-C-I-E-J. And he asks, do you know any Eastern Europe cartoon? What are you have to your Eastern Europe? Do you have any problems? It's kind Mm. of intimidating to read something like that because you know the guy's legit. Well, so anyway, I, I thought it was a funny joke. It appears that at least one Eastern European person uh, thought it was less funny, but we just assume now that, that most of the continent is upset, and that's fine. You'll make it up to them later. Uh, but uh, very good. I, I reviewed Shatterhand, and uh, that's a fun one. People like that Shattering those lot. hands. Yeah, man. People like that one a lot. That one's gotten a, a whole lot of traction going. A lot of I love to see, I don't know what you, you know, you probably see this a lot or have seen it a lot, but when people have conversations in the comments... Uh, of your videos, and it's all kind of nice. Everyone's having a good time talking about their experiences with the game. I don't know if that, I don't know if you've bent just completely toward vitriol and toxic in yours, but I still have some great folks that come into yeah. my comment section, and it's it's been fun to watch, especially with this game. A lot of people yucking it up about the story and stuff like that. So it was a it was a cool thing to see today. I was I was excited about that. Yeah, that's always really really fun. I mean, that's what it should be about. No doubt. Uh, as John Madden would say, this is what it's all about right here. When he's doing the, uh, that was a terrible Madden, but um, yeah, what that's, was that? that's that's what he says. Uh, every when he did the Super Bowl and everybody's celebrating, and he says, "This is what it's all about right here." I can't do a Madden. I, but, you know um, what? I, I'm hearing it though. I'm hearing it in there a little bit. I'm going to give you credit because you got a bad voice today. But it was. I think it's. Yeah. It's all right. Thank you. You're too nice. Um, the the Shatterhand. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any jokes for the cover because I, I can't place the guy. Uh, I do like that. I, I'm not sure if he's wearing a sleeveless T-shirt or if he's rolled the sleeves up on a regular T-shirt. See, this and, to me looks uh, like a muscle shirt, but it was bought that way. Okay. Like, I so prefer it, yeah. a cutoff T-shirt if you're going to go punching folks. I think it's a better look personally, but I also like denim jackets and mullets. You don't want hems there. Hems give a give a bad... Yeah. Uh, impression to bad guys. They think you're a you're a Nancy boy, right? They think you're and, they think you're too proper, and that you need your shirts a certain way. Yeah, like you you thought like you pre planned showing your biceps. I think <laughs> what people really appreciate is when it was just all of a sudden you were like, get these sleeves off of me, and you ripped them. Oh off yeah, like these that. sleeves can't contain my 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 hands. Uh, that's They're right, shattering. That's right. And that's this is I mean I didn't even know. I I beat this game years ago and I I was lucky to have it in my collection cuz I I bought it when it was kind of skyrocketing a little bit and I got it for a good deal and then kind of forgot about it and came back to it. It was like, "Wow, this thing's rare and expensive and let me dig into it." And the story, man, is is I mean, I won't recite it all here, but it's dumber than I ever imagined it could be. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Not that an NES game really needs a story, but come on, this thing is ridiculous. This guy's a cop and he he loses his he loses his arms and ribs in a fight with a robot and so they they give him cybernetic uh, cybernetic hands just because I don't know it's fucking dumb but I love it it's, it's great <laughs> why not just give him a freaking laser gun or some shit no he's got to use his hands man I know. He's got to do. That's the thing. He already has robots following him around everywhere. Like, does he really? I don't know. But you know what? By the way, we are nine years away from uh, when the plot takes place. Yeah. It's set in the year 2030. Right around the corner. 
It's coming up. Yeah, right around the fast. corner. I'm expecting those shatter hands in the mail any day now. I can't wait. Yeah. Amazon Basics shatter hands. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very cool. All right. Well, that's it for recent videos. Let's get into some of these emails. It's, you want to do this first one here? Yeah, we got uh, Riggs. Uh, not the not 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 John Riggs, but John Allen Riggs. Uh, Jar. We got. <laughs> Dear uh, drunk friends, congratulations on 50 episodes. Thanks. Woo! Since I got into your podcast about a year ago, I finally started to like Stardew Valley. It has a few annoying moments. Sometimes walking around rocks or trees seems difficult. I agree with that. Sometimes with a top-down uh, perspective, it's it's tough to like walk around stuff. I, I get what he means. And sometimes there's a challenging request as be- <laughs> as being asked to fish for a largemouth bass. Regardless, my favorite character is Pam. We all love. That's Pam. funny because, yeah, we all love Pam. Cannot be tamed, but um, Pam in, in Stardew Valley is this. I mean, it's heavily implied that she's an alcoholic, and she's a bus driver. She's also one of the characters' moms. <laughs> wow! And so she she's a bit of a tragic character, <laughs> and she's always mad. At least when you first start, and then you win her over by buying her a shitload of beer. I love so her. It's really yeah, she's great. She's like the first person you make friends with in the game because she's so easy to to buy stuff for. You just buy her beer. That's it. Um, and then uh, Riggs goes on to say, one question. Are you familiar with the movie Horace, Prince of the Sun? I saw it a few years ago. Even though it's flawed, I like this movie mostly because it gives a lot of context to my favorite 1980s through 2000s animated series. Have a good rest of your day. I've never heard of it. Neither have I, but uh, it says it's the first major film by uh, Miyazaki, so I probably should have. Oh, yeah, I definitely should have. Um, when was it made? 1968. Shit. 68, holy cow. Yeah, yeah. no, I do. Yeah, I need to get on this. I thought, like, uh, what what is it called? Castle in the Sky or something like that? Was Oh, I see. This is, like, the first movie he worked on or something like that. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. it says by, which is weird because he's not credited as leading any of the like production or direction. But it, literally, what it says on Wikipedia is the directional feature film debut of Iseo Takahata. It is also the first major film by Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, okay, so, by what is what does that? So mean? what does yeah what does by mean? He, like did he, he's not in the uh, on the right side either, where it's got directed, produced, written, I music, know. cinematography. Like, maybe he just worked on it. I don't know. Maybe he just but, saw uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. But uh, I love Miyazaki, that's for sure. Okay, this says that Miyazaki was scene design and key animation in this. Okay, so it must be, like, the first one that he worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he just wasn't, like, leading a, a division of it, but he worked on it. Well, that's still kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. See, I I was thinking his first one was uh, as a castle in the sky, I think. Or uh, uh, Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, one of those. Um, I can't remember the names of those, but if you haven't seen like My Neighbor Totoro or stuff like that, like the the late '80s Miyazaki stuff, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's on HBO Max, especially with uh, if with uh, little kids, like kids. Uh, I would have loved My Neighbor Totoro when I was a kid. Um, then as he as we get into like the late '90s with uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me spirited away and that sort of stuff it really gets pretty dark um in a good way those that early stuff in the from the late 80s is super fun if you haven't seen it thanks for the email john as always we appreciate that coming up we got a big long one from Corey s 
All right, let's, let's do, settle Do in. you want me to read this one? It, only I, I do it in this higher register, so I say, hi, first time writer. Let's let's really torture people. Gosh, let's really no. punish people for listening to us. Settle down over there, Marge. Let Corey, me handle yes, it. Hi. Marge, you, you sound <laughs> like season 39 Marge. You need to calm down. I got this. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Corey Ouch. S. says, uh, hi, first time writer here. The reason I discovered your podcast is because of the, ne- of the SNES Drunk YouTube channel. It is easily one of my favorite channels since the videos are addictive and fun to watch. I agree with that, Corey. Uh, they're so relatable for someone of my generation. Plus, it echoes many things I never realized I've been waiting so long for someone to say. The quickest way to explain this is that it is oddly comforting to hear someone praise King Griffey Jr.'s Major League Baseball on a bunch of videos and will then bash Bill Lambeer's combat basketball every chance he gets. And that's how I would sum Alex to anyone. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, for the seven or eight hundred videos, and it's like, well, he loves Ken Griffey, hates Bill Lambert. It's all I know about the guy. <laughs> uh, he says, for the longest time, I used the channel as entertainment. Though within the past year, these reviews have inspired me to build my own Super Nintendo collection. I finally came around to buying up a good sized set of SNES games I've always wanted to own and play longer than a rental to add to what I've had before. Watching SNES Drunk really made me miss playing the games most people stopped playing 25 years ago, as Alex would say, and it's so nice to finally get into them again. In case you're wondering, I have listened to all your episodes of the podcast, and I was, I was wondering, I don't know if you were, Alex, I was like, is this guy listened? Or, um, <laughs> and he says, uh, they're all interesting in their own ways. I mean, once I listened to your wrestling episode, I knew I was in the right place. It's awesome that you share my desire for a Superstars, WrestleFest, WrestleMania arcade game cabinet because I want one so badly. And it was great that you had a Metallica episode, too. Which I don't know. Do we have a Metallica episode? <laughs> he says, because, <laughs> because that means a Hetfield impersonation is always around the corner. And you heard one peeking around the corner there a minute ago. There it is. Say, there it is. Careful games they play. Hope you're happy, Corey. That's what you get. Also, all of your guests have been fascinating. And I've enjoyed expanding my knowledge in the video game world by checking out their various projects. And that's great to hear. We we hope everyone that we bring on, yeah, you check them out. That's the whole idea. <laughs> yes, not please. Pet field or Harry Carrier or whatever else we're doing. It's, uh, yes. it's to highlight these other folks. Uh, as for Travis, so that's me, this show did lead me to watch some Nest Friend videos. So that's cool. Outside of someone like the Angry Video Game Nerd, I have hardly gone out of my way to watch NES reviews because they haven't interested me in the way the SNES games do. After seeing some video of games I forgot existed, all I can say is that I am intrigued by the concept, and as of this writing, I have already binge-watched a bunch of these and still have a long way to go. Yeah, keep going, please. (laughs) He, He wraps it up by saying, Going into this email, I wasn't prepared to write a question, but I did come up with something. I would love to know more about your own gaming collections. Did you already own a big collection when your preferred consoles were somewhat new? Did you have your essential games then, or did you have to hunt them down years later? And are you both in a position where you are mostly satisfied with what you have, or do you find yourselves adding hidden gems every once in a while? Thanks for the content, and I hope you have a great rest of your days. Thank you, Corey. It was a very good email. Uh, no, my my phone's going off. It's it's Metal Jesus's lawyers. Uh, oh, I have hidden gems again? Bo- did we did he get us again? On my phone, yeah. <sighs> they're, uh, did I really just say bookmarked on my phone? What the you hell? You did say that, but you also use a Zune, so no one flinched. I wonder if the Bible's lawyers ever ever come after Metal Jesus. You know, I wonder if this. <laughs> I wonder if it, if it goes on down the pipe that way. Bigger fish eating bigger fish, but my goodness. I, you know what might be interesting to you, Corey, and I don't even know if a lot of our listeners know this. I don't know if you ever brought this up, but years and years ago, maybe four, uh, 
I, I, uh, on the Polyco podcast, I did a little offshoot called Collect Call, and I would call people that collected video games and really mostly video games. There were some some things that were not quite video games, but and interviewed them about their collection and what they were, you know, trying to build and how they built it and all this stuff. And I actually interviewed Alex. It was the first time I'd ever talked to Alex on a podcast. I was extremely nervous. This guy had like 30,000 subscribers. He could have been president of YouTube. And uh, it turned out to be a pretty cool dude. And um, But anyway, I, I interviewed Alex because I assumed that he had a massive collection just based on the number of videos and his interest. For some reason in my head, I was like, there's no way he doesn't just own hundreds of these games. But it turned out, and I was a little bit surprised, Alex, not that big of a collector. Is that right? All filler, or I screwed that up immediately. All killer, no filler is is the motto. I just want stuff I play. I don't want to own Cal Ripken baseball. I don't want to own Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. I don't want to own games i'm never going to play like ever uh i'd rather own shit like uh sky blazer or i'm turning around here <laughs> madden 95 <laughs> no it's uh you're doing great it, yeah it's um i think i remember saying on that podcast um that i really like having like personal mementos as part of my collection like for instance like my my copy of super mario rpg uh, used to belong to my friend Gretchen, and her save is still on that cartridge, um, as long as the battery holds out. My copy of Secret of Mana used to belong to my brother. His save is still on there, which is really cool. I love going back to that. My copy of Extra Innings used to belong to Pearl, and um, her and her brother played that game a lot when they were kids, and they would change the names that's one of the rare baseball games where you can actually change the names of the players. Right. And right. only in that one, you only get like five characters or like six characters or something like that. <laughs> and so every other character's name was like shit or something like that. And when he came over one time, I pulled it up for him and to show him that again. And he like lost his mind. He's like, that's I cannot awesome. believe that stuff is still there. It was really funny. That's as far as my collection will go. It needs to have some sort of connection to you know to my life somehow i don't really like just going to now granted i did get a really good deal on uh i lucked into a copy of harvest moon on super nintendo like i want to say two years ago and that was awesome (laughs) i I managed to run into somebody that was moving um out of state and they were like oh i got these i got like a group of like eight super nintendo games so when uh, I, I wanted to be truthful for, with this person, so I was like, you know, one of the, you know, because he had, it was legit, like, one of those, like, once in a bazillion years finds. It was, like, Harvest Moon with, like, NBA Jam, all or not NBA Jam, NBA All-Star Challenge, and, like, you know, uh, a bunch of EA games and, like, Mario World, and Harvest Moon was one of the games, and I'm like, you know, dude, you could sell this on eBay for, like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars and he was like dude i just want to get rid of this stuff like i don't have time to go to the post office and send something or anything like that like i leave next week blah 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 and i'm like okay so let's let's work out a price then i we ended up selling it settling on 70 bucks oh so pretty good i own harvest moon now yeah very cool i I shouldn't say now that was a couple years ago but if, if an opportunity like that comes up then i'll take it but otherwise i'm not going out to look for stuff because there's just not a whole lot there and I don't want to get mad about how how people just price things what whatever they want at this point. Yeah, you want you want Super Mario World? Well, eh, twenty five bucks. It's like why? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, prices there's right no, now are ridiculous, but yeah. There's no basis for that price at all. Like, are people willing to pay $25? Unfortunately, yeah. That sold 8 million copies and is available on the Super Nintendo Classic, not to mention like 18 other platforms. Like, it's just yeah. stupid. It's ridiculous. But, uh, I do I do have the sickness. I love collecting video games. It's a game in and of itself. It's less about sometimes the games. I just love the hunt. I can go to a flea market and spot an off-color gray plastic square from uh, 200 uh-huh. yards man and that's i know that's the hobby part of it i uh i also like yeah. to surround myself in my game room and i feel like uh you know you know how like uh james rolf has his has his old like you know his his uh movie rental room he's kind of got yeah, the yeah. uh i've always uh, just i just fantasize about having that but with like nintendo games take me back to that original rental store i grew up uh begging yeah. my dad to to you know let me rent games from so i'm building that i'm building my empire uh, nice. It's ridiculous, though. I do. I have tons of shitty games. I have shitty games. I have Bill. I probably have yeah. two or three copies of Bill Lambert's Combat Basketball, but <laughs> that's just part of the game. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I can't but, do that. I, I, if I know, if I own something, I need to make sure it's useful. That granted, I do own about I want to say 150 cartridges, and I uh, that's substantial. Probably like 45 boxes and probably like 50 something manuals. Get, give me something that's that's decent and and by decent it doesn't need to be like a triple a game it doesn't need to be as good as harvest moon it, it's uh it can be uh i'm not gonna say three ninjas kick back but um <laughs> it can be like metal metal morph or something like that because just because that game is uh I, I never saw that game talked about in Nintendo Power, never saw it available for rent or for sale, but it's not bad, and it's got a great soundtrack. So there you go. I would take a chick. I would get that, but uh, yeah. yeah. But, I, but yeah, but uh, you, you mentioned the angry video game nerd and his uh, his store that he built, which is which really is cool. I really would... I wish he would open it as like a tourist attraction or something. That would be pretty cool. It would be, yeah. it would be awesome to see in person, but my favorite AVGN moment out of any episode he's ever done is the episode with Pat, the NES punk where they're fighting over the, uh, gold world Nintendo championships cartridge. And they both have dreams about what they want to do with it. And Pat of course is at like at the front of the stage, like at a podium with a trophy for like best collection ever. And he's (laughs) bragging about it and stuff like that. That's funny. But what's even funnier to me is (laughs) the nerd, uh, and I think some of this is James Rolfe. Like, he, he imagines what he would do with the cartridge. He puts it on a shelf, st- takes a step back, crosses his arms, and, like, just nods at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's perfect. Like, yep, when I get when I got that, you better believe when I got that Harvest Moon cartridge. I put it with the rest of my games. I just looked at it and went, yeah, that there looks it is. good. There it is. Pretty much. I've done that several <laughs> that- times. Heck that yeah. is just spot on. Like I love that in that episode. So so yeah. I mean, I I, I understand the collector bug. I'm not like frowning on people that do it. I'm just. Oh, I'm highly yeah. defensive. I'll fight you. I <laughs> don't come at me. I've heard it from everybody. How dare you? No, it's all good. Uh, I, I I'll touch on the last part here. Uh, are you mostly satisfied with what you have? I mean, yeah. If if they outlawed collecting, I think I'd be set right now. I just <laughs> I'd be like, wow, I have so many games. I'm good. I guess. 
but uh, I'm probably never going to stop. I think if I ever completed a collection, I would just start collecting for like the FM towns or something like that. I just really like hunting for things. I think it's just a fun. When my wife likes to go look for, you know, furniture to to remake or something, or she takes me to to some antique shop or some flea market type thing that I have little interest in, I can always look for something rare in the video game sphere and uh, make that fun. So that's yeah. That's the hobby for me. But all right, yeah, thank you, Corey, for the very uh, thoughtful email and question there. Yeah, right on, Corey. Uh, last, we have an email from Robert. It says, howdy, drunk friends. Are you also fans of Truxton? What is this, CGR? I realize they're <laughs> only known for the rumors that they would go on tour with Trickster, Cinderella, Winger, and the Bullet Boys. Ooh. God, he's I, I'm my back hurts from dr- picking up all these names he's dropping. <laughs> Luckily, Classic Game Room was able to find a demo album, and it rocks. Oh, and besides Truxton, what's your favorite heavy metal video game? Like Crewball, Revolution X, Ed Hunter, and Psycho Circus. Rocking the universe apart. Robert August de Meyer. And Auguste. now that I read this, August. Did I say that right? No, I just, I I think it is August, but I've been saying August, and he said that that was okay in an email. He gave me permission to go full oh, goosed, okay. so I, I, I go goosed. Full goosed. <laughs> you never go full goosed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, now that I read this, we're, we, uh, Robert, uh, Trav and I were debating on whether or not you were being serious, and that <laughs> Truxton really was a band. And we were Googling it and like, I don't see anything about a band. There's a demo album. I think it's, yeah, now that I've read it again, it's, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it does, Truxton does sound like a hair metal band and CGR does stand that game hardcore and it's pretty, he was able to meme Truxton into being a good game, basically. It's a super mediocre top down shoot 'em up. Um, it's not that great. He, that guy likes it a lot. Good for him. I don't think it's that great. Uh, have you played it, Trav? I've not played it, and honestly, the extent of my knowledge of it comes from the the fellows over at GameSack. I think they they dunk on it a little bit too, along with Green Dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, it was always my my intention to uh, meme uh, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball into being like a top five Super Nintendo game somehow. <laughs> but it's close. Um, it, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's. It, Honestly, even even if I put my objective thinking hat on, um, it's it's it can't be even in the top like forty. There's no 40? way. Forty, really? You don't think forty? Yeah, there's there's way too many good Super Nintendo games to be top forty. I don't know. I mean, is it? Would you say it's the best sports game? No, I'd still go NBA Jam. Okay, that's or fair. even maybe even like. Uh, like NHL '96 or '94, one of those. Interesting. But yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. No. That's just. Yeah. You know, I might wake up tomorrow and feel differently, but sure. I feel right now. What about these heavy metal games? I've played Crewball. We Revolution X is basically our meme at this point. Um, I know the cover <laughs> of Psycho Circus, and I've I've never played it. I don't know anything about Ed Hunter. Who's Ed Hunter? That must be a game. Robert says so. Yeah, Revolution X sucks. No thanks. Um, I have not played Ed Hunter. Oh, I think is that the Iron Maiden game? Yeah, it looks like it is. I just oh, googled it. Never played that. Yeah, Terrible? it's based on the yeah Iron Ma- Maiden mascot Eddie. Eddie, yeah, Ed okay. Hunter. <laughs> That's cool. I I never knew about this. I mean, is it is it terrible? I, I imagine. don't know. It's 
it's a well i mean iron maidens made beer and that's not a disaster it's not great but it's not that bad either um crewball is is amusing and the music sounds good in that game so i'll go with crewball Okay, I'm going to go with Rock and Roll Racing. Even though it's not a great game, it does have some tracks on it, some fun rocking tracks. It does. Yeah, that's a good game. That's a good pick, and now I'm mad that I didn't think of it myself. Ha! Got him. Got his ass. Got him. Thank you for that email, Robert. Auguste. Dave Meyer. It's the best time to be a gamer. Every second, there's a brand new indie game released, but there are so many of them it can feel overwhelming. That's where the IndieQuest podcast comes in. We build a list of recommended indie games called the Quest Log and celebrate the obscure titles that you should check out. Available everywhere podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com. Okay, uh, so today our guest is ourselves again, but we have we have more guests coming. We, we took a little break. You sound so bitter when you say it. Our guest is ourselves again, I guess. I well, I, I assume people at this point are sick of us, and they're like, hey, you the drunk friends, you know, I like it when they have guests, because it's less of them and more about the guests. Eh, whatever. Maybe. Who knows? I'm cynical. But we'll have more guests coming. We got some We got some things lined up, some things in the old, uh, I don't know what you call it there, the hopper. But today, we're going to be talking about our top, and Alex's favorite number 13, handheld games of all time! Of all time! Except for Switch games, and except for remakes, and except for mobile and uh, in ports, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, those are just our own little self-imposed rule. The thing is, though, is that like I, I linked you to that ridiculous, completely, utterly useless uh, thing earlier today, the clickbait listicle, which was like, here's the top 10 handheld games of all time. And it says, handheld games are too often overlooked. Those little systems have produced some stellar games that are some of the best of the best. And then they vo- they post nothing but Switch games and 3DS remakes that were developed on, like, other home consoles. It's like, uh, these aren't, this isn't handheld shit. This is just remakes of console shit. Like, don't you guys understand your own premise? It's so frustrating. The answer is no. Yeah, I've, yeah. I honestly, because... You know, we wanted to come up with our own list, but I always consult the best of guides to make sure I'm not overlooking anything stupid. And exactly, I, yeah. it wasn't just it, this was Game Rant you're referring to. There were a few others that did the exact same thing, and I was like, "What <laughs> the fuck, guys? These aren't yeah. they're not making a good case for the handheld exclusives." The it's Super Mario Advance, which is just a fucking remake oh of Mario God, Three. Yeah, like, I know. Holy okay, shit. great. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway. We're we're doing things yeah. that are exclusive to the handheld system. So, uh, man, I I just to preface a whole lot of this stuff. I realize because I don't have any of the newfangled stuff, and because we're not counting Switch, I don't have a Vita, I don't have a 3DS. So all of all of my stuff. I mean, we're heavy. We're heavy Game Boy. We're heavy 1989 through 1998 for me. Yeah. So I apologize yeah. ahead of time, but I'm I'm assuming most people listening to this show are cool with that. But I'm just saying. Yeah, let me give some shout outs like to all the, the Fire Emblem stuff is cool. I've played demos of some of the Fire Emblem stuff on my 3DS and it's fun. It's it's interesting. It's it's like kind of engaging, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I get what it's about. I've played the Super Nintendo uh, or Super Famicom rather, Fire Emblem stuff. Plants vs. Zombies, another fun one. Shout out. Star Fox 3DS, shout out because that's such an awesome remake that added a super fun multiplayer mode that I love. 
Um, Roger Clemens MVP baseball. Shout out to that because that's the kind of game where you know it's shit, but you're just stuck with it, and you gotta <laughs> you're in the back seat of a car on the way to like Iowa or Michigan. Man, and I was gonna you say, why play, the fuck you, are you shouting out that shit heap of a game? But okay. <laughs> All right. It's not great, uh, but I loved it. I still really like it. I still have the box for it for some reason, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's still fun. I still play it once in a while. Yeah, shout out. Roger Clemens, MVP Baseball. All right. Hear that, Robert? Or Roger? Robert? You just said his Robert. name and I immediately said Hell it Hell is Robert. <laughs> Robert Clemens, the baseball player. Uh, I'm so stupid. Uh, yeah. Good old Bobby Clemens. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. For me, I was looking up things because I was like, I love my PSP, but I haven't I haven't played oh, any games yeah, yeah, on the yeah. PSP I absolutely love. I still... Because I, I, a lot of it's like uh, mainline... Uh, fr- uh, PlayStation franchises like the spinoffs of that. So there's like a yeah, you know, there's God of War. You know, and I, I don't like any of that stuff. Uh, so anyway, it's God of War, like Grand Theft Auto stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, which is fine. I have not I just, played that much PSP yeah. at all. And I want something weird. So anyway, yeah, we're we're not counting, and obviously we're uh, as as Trav alluded to earlier, we're not counting Switch because then that means like. Okay, then we're counting every PC game because you can play PC games on your laptop and, you know, then Come it's just on. stupid and, yeah, it defeats the purpose of handheld. So Exactly. Yeah. Dedicated it's, handhelds. Dedicated handheld is what we're sticking with. Yeah, that's not mobile. There's a lot of rules. Okay, anyway, so number 13 for me. I'm going to kick it off here. Kirby's Dreamland on the Game Boy. Oh, I wish I would have saved a spot for Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah, this is it's an awesome game. Lured me in. I made I made a, a close friend, a lifelong friend through this <laughs> game uh because I wasn't so much worried about him, but he had a Game Boy and I'd seen so many ads for this game and I saw that he had Kirby and I was like, "Hey, uh, will you be my my friend and then immediately let me b- borrow that Game Boy for a minute cuz I want to play that game." We ended up still being friends, but I totally used him for his Game Boy at first. <laughs> but that's how third graders do. So, yeah. uh, Kirby's Dreamland. In that third grade life. Yeah, good times. Strong memories. Don't know if it holds up, but damn, when I think of the Game Boy, I cannot not think of Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah, I think it does. I, I All the Kirby's Dreamland games on ga- the original Game Boy, especially the second one, are super fun. Being super overpowered as uh, the protagonist, in this case Kirby, where you're able to absorb all sorts of different powers and shit. And then, yeah, you <laughs> you take it out on all sorts of enemies. The level design does a nice job balancing everything out. Um, both, yeah, Dreamland and the second game are do are good examples of that. Right on. So my number 13 is... So I, I mentioned to you earlier that I have two series kind of catch-alls because I can't just pick one, and it's kind of a cop-out. Mm. And my, my 13 is just Pokemon. Cause, okay, um, I'm, I, I'll allow it. I'm not a big Pokemon guy, but here's the thing. I respect the hell out of what Pokemon sets out to do because they are a lot of the... Well, the, I mean, the Game Boy games, the Game Boy Advance games, the DS games, and I'm not sure about the 3DS games, but they are hand, they are structured to be handheld games, to be pick-up-and-play and put down... And, you know, play for 10 minutes, put down, play for another 10 minutes, put down. Like, they never lost sight of that through however many years, however many uh, handheld generations. So I really respect that they uh, really, especially the GBA games. That's the one I've played is like Ruby, I think. I can't even remember. Mm -hmm. But it's the Game Boy Advance one. And 
I, you know, it's it's pretty standard stuff if you've played an RP- any sort of like JRPG or RPG before and you play Pokemon and it's like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty simple. The thing is, is, oh, is that it's like, okay, just one more, one more battle, one more battle, one more battle and you keep going because it's so, you know, it's it's really well streamlined. It's really well structured to, it's got that addictive quality to it. So I'm just going to lump, the, I, since I'm not a big Pokemon guy, I'm going to just put them all in one spot on number 13. I will say Pokemon might come up again hmm. in the future. Number 12, Batman on the Game Boy. I've thought of this one. Um, it's a good game. I haven't played it in a really Love long it. time, but it's really good. Sunsoft, man. They mm-hmm. just they knew they knew how to do me back in the back in the day. And I played this one for a Cartridge Club Portable Game of the Month podcast with Curtis Frizel. And uh, good times. Really enjoyed that one. Uh, good, nice challenge. Sunsoft's pretty good about making it a, a pretty good challenge and, and never so jank that it's frustrating. And I don't know, really good times. If you like the Caped Crusader there, the, the Game Boy version, pretty good. So I forget if this one is a port of the NES game or is this one of those... It's its own thing. Is it the same thing? No, it's its own thing. Oh, it's its, its own um, thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some, I guess, similarities in like the animation and the sprite design. Yeah. Uh, as it as it would be, but no, completely different levels okay. and format and bosses and follows the movie as much as it can, but different game. Well, I mean, if it's Sunsoft, uh, if they're developing both, then yeah, it's going to be a lot of similarities. But this is back when Nintendo really wanted to push the Game Boy as its own thing. Uh, they did the sim a similar stuff with like the Mega Man games. Uh, with like me- remember they had like Mega Man V mm-hmm. and Mega Man, <laughs> and uh, where you know you only got like f- six boss fights or something like that, or four to start with, and you had to unlock the rest or whatever it was. And so a lot of those Game Boy games kind of got like buried, uh, or kind of lost. And Game Boy is one of them. I might have to do like a video on that one. That one's I'm gonna make a note of that actually. Yeah, you should. It's yeah. pretty good. And now that I'm looking at it, I don't think it shares even animations with the hmm. with the uh, the NES one. No, it's complete. It's a nice little squatty sprite. He's he's you know it's pretty fun squatting. Pretty fun doing some squatting. All right, my number twelve is Elite Beat Agents for the DS. Oh, I've heard a lot about this one. Never played it. I first played this one uh, after uh, well, I was working at the Best Buy corporate office in Richfield, Minnesota. This would have been like in the mid two thousands, late two thousands somewhere around that range and um we would get demos of stuff before it come it would come out and they would put it like in the break room or whatever the break area with like the pool table and all that and we so i went down and i played this and it was a saturday i think and i was by myself and i was like what is this goofy game and i sat there (laughs) i think i got yelled at by my boss by the time i came back because i was down there for like 30 minutes on my break like just playing the shit out of this game, and I I could not wait to go back down there and play it some more. Um, Hell yeah, it's really fun. It's it's a rhythm game, but it's really goofy, and uh, it's got I'm not sure how to describe it. The as close as I can get is would be like it's got kind of a Katamari Damacy quality to it, where it's oh. just weird, um, in in the best possible way. And uh, yeah, I I really like games that just aren't afraid to just <laughs> be strange uh like that so i really like uh, elite beat agents i really should try that one because I've, I've just i keep hearing about it and hearing about yeah. it and hearing about it so I, sh- I really should just jump in there the rhythms do get pretty complicated i was i would 
I think I got like a couple hours into the game and it was getting to a point where I was just like, oh, okay, okay, all right, this is this is interesting. So yeah, it's not just like tap the thing a couple times, you know, in succession. It's it's it gets pretty interesting. My number eleven, uh, Advance Wars on the Game Boy Advance. Enjoyed that quite a bit. I don't know if you if you're familiar with the old Advance Wars, moving your little men around, yes. doing a little strategic. It's real time strategy. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's it's uh, yeah, grid based strategy, and it does it really well because it's uh, <laughs> normally when I think of gr- grid. Ba- I'm sorry, I'm stealing your thunder here, but normally when I think of grid based strategy, I think of those dreadful Koei games on Super Nintendo, like uh, oh, yeah. Romance of the Three Kingdoms, or you know whatever. And there's so like the user interface is so awful. And then you get to mm-hmm. something like uh, Advance Wars, and it's like such a breath of fresh air because everything is easy to figure out and easy to do. So yeah, I hear you on that. I said it was real time strategy; it's not as turn based, but uh, addictive as uh, hell. I would say it's. I remember playing this on a road trip. I went to see uh, my the, the hometown football team here, the Virginia Tech Hokies, go up against the uh, Notre Dame. So we went all the way to Notre Dame for the first ever meeting. Big old long trip. Notre not Dame? sure why we did it. The Notre Dame, like that one. You've probably heard of it. It's got Rudy played for them. Somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went all the way up there. It was a good trip. We came away with the V, which was good, because otherwise wow. it would been a sad trip. And, uh, so this must have been early 2000s then, or mid-2000s? No, this was uh, 2016, 17, what? 18. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. They came away with the victory in, in, during Brian Kelly's tenure. Interesting. Would not have expected yeah, they, that. They, yeah, they, they weren't very good. For some years, so uh, we we got up, went up there, got a big, got a big victory, got a big dub. Yeah, it was a good year for us too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I played that game all the way there and all the way back. Never beat it. Got stuck on one of the last levels, but man, it kept me company for hours. So, Advance Wars, good time. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really and it's a really good. It's another good example of a game that that knows it's a it's a portable game. It's a pick up and play, and then you know play for a while, save, put down. It's structured really well, all that sort of stuff. By the way, speaking of dubs, speaking of sports, when can I do my mm-hmm. uh, big hockey screed? Oh, yeah. When? When? You know, when, we're all asking when. When, when indeed. Listen, uh, Minnesota Wild, I'm calling you out right now. We need to trade for Jack Eichel, okay? Get this guy out of Buffalo. We need a 1C. Listen, Victor Rask is a meme at this point. He's he's mm-hmm. the quote unquote elite one seat. We need a, a, a top line center to pair with Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala. Okay, we this isn't a joke. We would be a contender if we had a one seat, and we would be a contender if we had Jack Eichel pay on a line. We would be like Taze and Kane uh, on the Blackhawks. It would be amazing. Both those guys are young. We'd have we'd be contenders for at least ten years. Uh, we've got Dumbo lock. Well, we might have to trade Dumbo to get. Uh, Eichel, but we've got uh, Brodeen uh, ready to roll. Uh, we've got, uh, and then we've got Matt Boldy. We've got um, wow. what's, what's that Matt other Boldy. dude's name? Rossi in in the minors, you, ready to come up. And when uh, does, uh, are they ever going to promote Slappy Big Puckovic? <laughs> is he going to? Uh, I think good, he's under he? team Montreal, control. I believe. Uh, he's under team control until twenty twenty two. Once that comes up, uh, I think his agent will be in touch with the general manager. So yeah. We're going to see, but uh, Minnesota Wild need to get Jack Eichel. 
I'm not a, I'm not scared off by Eichel's uh, attitude issues. He's just in a shitty situation in Buffalo. Anybody would have a shitty attitude playing for that team. Look at look at what happened with Taylor Hall. He went to Boston and he scored eight goals in like two weeks. So yeah, look what happened to Sticks Coldfoot. You remember him? <laughs> See, that this guy. is why I wanted to do this. I wanted to hear Sticks Coldfoot. Anyway, what number <laughs> are we on? Number eleven, legend. Yeah, he, what he played for the who was it the the Anaheim uh, was it was it uh, Norwegians, <laughs> something like that. He was pretty good, pretty good. If I said the Nashville Predators was a real team, would you believe me? I would think that the Nashville Predators belong in jail. I don't know. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay, that was I was not expecting you to go there, but all right, this is well played. Uh, my number eleven is Gargoyles Quest. For Game Boy, the original Game Boy. I love this game, um, and I love Gargoyles Quest 2 for NES. It's fantastic. Um, the original Game Boy one is just my speed. It's just, I love these, like, kind of not quite, you know, Mario-paced platformers that are just kind of cozy. They have a kind of a cozy feel to them, for me anyway. And this one, just the feel of the platforming controls, the feel of the flight. I love that you can wander around and talk to people, and it's like, whoa, I'm talking to a demon. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's kind of cool. I love the idea of the game. It's such a cool idea, taking a side character from uh, Ghouls and uh, Ghosts and Goblins, giving him his own game. I wish more franchises would do stuff like that, uh, especially with the older games. Like, can you imagine if, like, Oh, what would be a good example of that? Like, if you gave Roger Clemens his own MVP baseball franchise or something like that, like that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Robert Clemens, Ro- Ro- Bobby, Cle- good old Bobby Clemens, <laughs> Bobby Clems, <laughs> Bobby Clem. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> no, that's a good choice. And once again, yeah, might hear about it again. Oh, really? Again. Okay, good. Might, I'm happy to hear that. Good. Actually, number ten for me, Pokemon. 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 It's funny. I'm I'm playing Leaf Green right now. Not as we speak. Mm. I'm not rude, but I mean, like, currently in my life. It's actually funny though, because you made a good point earlier, and I wanted to bring this up when I got a chance to talk about Pokemon's, because you were talking about how it's it's so on the go friendly. You just play it anywhere. I went to get my uh, I went to get my inspection sticker here in the old state of Virginia. Took yeah. my took my old Jeep down there and, and uh, got them to got them look at it. I'm going to be in the waiting room for a little bit, so I got my mask on. I'm in there around a bunch of motorheads, just guys in there. They have tattoos of motors. They look like Lemmy Kilmeister from Motorhead. Just a lot of rough motor guys. Yeah. And I'm just in there playing my Game Boy Advance, just playing Leaf Green, just Pokemon it around, waiting for my car. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm just living the life. It was a good time. Yeah. So uh, I do enjoy Pokemon. I, now, when we, did, when we did interview Retro Alley, I uh, was oh, yeah. more of a Pokemon virgin if you will and she inspired me to give a few more a go and i do i get the loop it is quite addictive and i like it a lot because it's the kind of game that if i'm not really in the mood for let's say ghost of tsushima which i'm also playing very great good game uh, but sometimes i don't want to be that involved i want to turn on like a curb your enthusiasm and just let that play while i'm plugging Mm -hmm. around with some pokemon i can do both kind of relax it's perfect for that. So I'm a huge fan of Pokemon at the current, and uh, I haven't played many, but I'm going to slot it in here at number 10. Pokey those men. Yeah, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the hilarious comment that somebody made. I forget who it was. I've, I've apologized for forgetting your name, but somebody in the Discord, the Polykill Discord, said that um, Retro Alley podcast that we sounded like two grandfathers, like, asking their granddaughter, like, what's with these Pokemon? 
what, yes. what is this? And she's like, that was Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Oh, thank you, Dylan. Yeah. She's like excitedly chirping like, well, it's just a simple ladder. And she's like super happy to tell us like a million miles an hour. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. She was very excited. Yeah. No, she's great. She's the best. Absolutely. Um, So my, am I at number 10? My number 10 is Radiant Historia for DS. Um, I understand this game has its fair share of detractors because the game gets a bit repetitive, but I love the concept of this game. Um, it, I was I really liked it when I first found it and played it. It's one of those where I just kind of found it on my own, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, I found it on my own, and uh, I I did not read anything about it beforehand. I did not know anything about it. Uh, just kind of stumbled into it and played it you know i got like 20 hours into it before i finally decided to look up like is this like a cult hit like was it popular did it sell a lot like do other people know about this game and turns out like yeah like it it kind of was kind of a cult thing but um yeah i loved it Hmm. um i loved the time travel thing the time skipping thing different timelines going back and forth through time and that sort of stuff i thought that was done well the i just wish maybe it didn't have as big of a budget or something um because the uh music gets really repetitive as as you keep playing it's just the same like five or six songs looped you know over and over granted the songs are like four minutes long and they do a good job you know like spacing everything out but uh it, it really does get old um I, I wonder if that was like a budget thing or what but yeah i i really like radiant historia that's my number 10 Interesting. That's one that I just keep. I hear about. I've seen in stores, and I'm like, "What's that?" But I never, I never take that next step. Mm. So, uh, you're you're saying it's pretty good. I might have to check it out. Yeah. Number nine over here going to be that Shinobi two for the Game Gear. Oh yeah. Uh, my friend had this growing up. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, it's the only Game Gear game on my list. Uh, I haven't finished this one. I do enjoy it quite a bit. It might be the shinobi game i've spent the most time with honestly i find it to be really fun yeah Hmm. it really is i don't know why i just i need to get more into the genesis ones i i recently picked up the third one i think i need to i need to get in on that the third one is awesome pam just did a video on it not too long ago and i have this weird thing it's like well i want to play the first two first and then i'll play the third one which is dumb (laughs) that's how pearl is she's like uh Oh, I got to Batman Arkham. What is it? I don't. I don't remember the structure of the Arkham oh, like, game. Yeah, there's like Asylum City. Asylum and City. Whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I, she wants. She needs to play Asylum before she plays City. It's like just freaking play what you have. But yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm there. I should really just just play three. I hear it's fantastic. And you're right. Uh, our friend Pam did a great video on that. So yeah, that's my number. Uh, was it nine there on the old Game Gear? Yep. Shinobi two. Yeah. Uh, I. My friend, my childhood friend Dan, who I grew up with, that lived down the road from me, had a Game Gear, and he. This was one of the games that he had. So, and it was, it really stood out. Like this, he had this Sonic, he had an X Men game. Oh, what else did he have? Mortal Kombat, and one other game I can't remember. At least one other game I can't remember. But this one was like, wow, this is way better than Game Boy. So yeah, I remember having that feeling when I played it. My number nine is Neo Turf Masters for Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah, that's right. I'm putting a golf game right in front of an Whoa. RPG. Golf? Yeah, I love golf games. And I love... I, I wanted to put uh, Mario Golf on 3DS or even GBA 
on here somewhere. But Neo Turf Masters, since someone mentioned it to me like a couple of years ago, I did not realize it was on Neo Geo Pocket. I knew it was on, uh, I forget if it's the MVS, whatever it's called, with the Neo Geo home console system. I knew that was a thing. I did not know that Neo Turf Masters was a thing on NGP, and it's awesome. It's super fun. It's got that arcade. It's just got that like SNK feel to it. It's hard to describe. Like games just have, you know, like Nintendo has that Nintendo. It just drips with Nintendo somehow. I don't know how it does that, but it's <laughs> it just does. It's SNK is kind of in the same category where it's it's just it is it's SNK. It's uniquely SNK, I guess. I don't know. They do have some fun sports games. I like their baseball stars here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I could see it being good. Exactly. Good comparison. I would I would compare it with baseball stars, but with golf. Yeah, it's 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 super fun. I got I got a weird one coming up. I think it's gonna be pretty interesting. My number eight is nine 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 hours nine persons nine doors on the DS. I've heard of this one, but I have not played it. Oh, it's it's a good time. It's a sort of an investigative puzzle. It, it kind of plays out. All, it gives me vibes of Saw, which doesn't maybe sell it good. Like it, there's all of these sort of you're trapped in here with all these people. And it plays out like a visual novel adventure game. There's multiple endings, which I know you're a huge fan of. Mm. You have to talk to all these characters and get a feel for what's going on. Meanwhile, you're solving puzzles to get out of this. I think you're in a boat or a submarine. You're in some type of sinking vessel. So stakes are high. You got to get out or die. And it's really interesting. A lot of um, you know figuring out who's lying to you and all this other stuff. It's it's actually a part of a series called the the Nonary Games. Nonary Games are maybe it's called the Zero Escape series. I'm not sure. I'm just now looking at the Wikipedia. But there are a few <laughs> more iterations of this that um, spun off into I think uh, the 3DS, the Vita, and stuff like that. And I think there's a there's a a whole series of them that you can get on PS4. I, that's how I picked it up. It might be in other places. But anyway, uh, pretty interesting visual novel stuff. I'm normally not a visual novel guy, but this one was just dark and edgy enough to lure me in, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I kind of want to play it again to see if I get a different ending. It's been a while, and I think I'm... Uh, it's like escape rooms, and I think it's been a while, and I've forgotten most of how to do them, so I should try it again. Huh. Yeah, no, I've. Yeah. that's, you know, to paraphrase you, I've heard a lot about it. Need to play it. And I'm also not a visual novel guy, like, at all. In fact, Pearl is, so I might convince her to play it and just watch her play it oh, and make my judgments from afar. I think she could get those on, I don't know if she's, if you still got a PS4 we ticket do, around yeah. or, or a PS5. I'm sure it's on, like, the, the store or something. I think it's yeah. on, like, P- PS whatever the ps now i don't know yeah you could get it we we still have our ps4 hooked up so if, if i'm if, talking like an old man you could tell like i <laughs> i stopped paying attention to new stuff after like 2014 and i'm like whatever the new kids got on the block uh, there you the, get you the PS get your ps4 there now get your downloads in there get your games and stuff so, yeah. <laughs> they're hula hoops and their fax machines <laughs> all right uh my number eight is tales adventure for game gear and this is my pick. This is the only Game Gear game on my list. It's my pick for the best Game Gear game. It's uh, Tails in his own game, uh, as in Sonic Sidekick. And I, I was, re- I came away really impressed with this. It got the full like Sonic treatment, like '90s 16-bit Sonic treatment, basically, only for Game Gear. I, I think, and mm-hmm. it came out late in the Game Gear cycle. I want to say like '90. Five or something like that. You got the feeling that like this was like the pinnacle of Game Gear. Like this is what 
the library was leading up to basically like kind of like how like donkey kong country 2 was for super nintendo like that scene or super metroid or any of those games like it that seemed like kind of like the peak of super nintendo like level design and and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff like puzzles so and tales adventure is kind of structured the same way where it's it's just really fun there's a lot of freedom it's really impressive for a, a, a game gear game and for a handheld game it's surprisingly like open like the the amount of space you have to float around and do tail stuff is really cool so i really like that game a lot I've been searching for that one. I think it's a. I think it's a pricey game these days. Is it? 100. That sucks. I maybe it seems like it would be just because I want it. I'm conditioned to think if it's if I want it, I better be ready to pay for it. So that's just how how I think these days. But no, yeah, I bring your checkbook, old man. I will. I. You're gonna. You're gonna does this work on the PS4? I don't clog clog up the aisle with your check writing <laughs> slowness. Ugh. Yeah, I do. I do like checks. Number seven. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Game Boy Tetris. Oh, really? Number seven? You might hear about this game later. I, I figured it would be high on your list for yeah. sure. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of basically all of the Tetris from the 80s. Is it Tetris if it's one? I, I mean, I, I do like the NES Tetris. I do like you know, Game Boy Tetris. How many copies of those are in existence? There might be more copies of, any, or of Game Boy Tetris than there are Blades of Grass on Earth. <laughs> it's a close call, though. Like I think I have I've had so many copies of Game Boy Tetris. Game stores would would stop me from like bringing more in. They're like, well, we you can't. Yeah, you just have to yeah. lose that copy because it's like that you have too Hootie many. and the Blowfish album. When you try and trade it in to like Cheapo Records or whatever, you, they're just yeah. like, they they they're just like they give like a look of horror and like no no we can't take any more copies of cracked broken window whatever the hell that album was called. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we're done counting crows. They would say to me, but the uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. I like. I mean, Game Boy Tetris. It's just, you can't you can't really talk about it like it's great because everyone knows what Tetris is and they played the Game Boy and I think those two things combined make people think really. But you got to understand the the Game Boy Tetris was was the real deal. Well, I personally am a proponent of replacing every blade of grass with copies of Tetris. So you wouldn't have to mow. That'd yeah, be good. Yeah, fine by me. So, yeah, you're not going to get any argument here. My number seven Good. is uh, Super Mario Land 2 for the original Game Boy. Um, this was the first game that I can remember playing as a kid. I didn't own it, but um, a kid at my school did. And uh, I I remember playing this and it was like, wow, this is like close to like an NES game. And I was really just remember coming away like impressed that the game you know the same thing that did super mario land one which was just kind of painful because it was so smeary and bleary and just you know the sprite was so small the controls were really really painfully floaty it played like a one like a watch game almost (laughs) so yeah kind of i i really didn't i you know i liked it but i i kind of didn't mario land 2 was super fun like that was like okay this is more like it it's it's more mario it feels like mario um you got the rabbit power up which you know super fun um i love the whole like split off world which eventually leads to wario in the third game but yeah the second game was i think uh the best in my opinion 
And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you wholeheartedly because it's my number six. Oh, nice. So it's a good transition. Perfect transition there. I'm a huge fan of it. I didn't beat it until recently, which is weird because it's not that difficult of yeah. a game. But I, pl- I played it a lot when I was really young, and I really loved it. But I don't think it was mine. I think that's why. I think I just played other people's, so I didn't yeah. get a lot of time with it. I like the first one because it was the very first game I beat, and I was super oh, nice. proud of that fact. And I'd be like, Dad, watch me beat this game. And it'd take me like 10 minutes. And he's like, well, you should beat all the other games I bought you. I'm like, no, I just <laughs> like, I can only beat this one. There are the rest of them that are hard. But uh, the second one, I mean, what an improvement. Just the, the sprite and animation is so much bigger. Yep. You can actually see shit. You're right. It doesn't look like a wristwatch game. but Mario um, looks like Mario. <laughs> yeah. doesn't He doesn't just look like a jumping mustache like he does in the first game. <laughs> right. Number six, uh, Metroid Samus Returns 3DS. Whoa! 3ds i love this game yeah it's this this does metroid the way i really like it done uh it it, it, it's just there's not much to say about it other than just it's just cleverness you know it's clever design clever power-ups really smartly laid out they if you're if you manage to make a metroid style exploration game without it becoming a convoluted mess where stuff you know points you in the right direction without actually pointing you in that direction it's then you've done well and that game does all that stuff well it's it's it doesn't it's not overbearing when it comes to like go this way it's it's just like oh huh there's this over here i wonder what this is oh there's this part of the map i haven't seen yet i wonder what this it's it's hand holding without being hand holding i guess it, that's probably mm-hmm. not a good analogy but it's it's just I mean, you just kind of modernize the recipe right it's not yeah. it doesn't leave you hanging as much as as the old yeah you know, I I think I like this game so much because I got so used to ROM hacks. Like, um, and the ROM hacks for Super Metroid are really really good. Um, much respect to those folks, but when I just remember playing Samus Returns and, and just being like, oh, so this is how a professional Metroid game is made. Like, oh, these are the pro- how the pros do it. Okay, this is this is more like it. This is so polished and just like seamless like it's it's so yeah it's it's my speed it's i love that game it's my number six number five link's awakening oh link's awakening the old old game boy you may hear about this game later might might hear about it later i I really love the remake on the switch though i was gonna say like what are your thoughts on the remake uh i I like that a lot did you finish it or I did, and actually, that was I finished that one, not the Game Boy one. That was one I piddled around in for most of my childhood. Didn't have a Google for most of it, which would have been helpful. Uh, I still I got stuck a lot in the Switch one. I'm not a smart man, but I enjoyed the Switch one a lot because of uh, I mean, gosh, who doesn't love a good reimagining of something that you know? I just loved it. it the little plasticky, uh, just the yeah. Uh, I just wish I could reach in there and touch everything. Yeah, the tilt shifted th- kind of feel. Oh, so good. Yeah, the uh, what is it called? Tilt shift photography or something like that? Yeah. I think so, something it's, like that. Yeah. It's very strange. It's tilt something. I think you're right. Yeah, and plus Link's Awakening is so different than other Zelda games where it's got this weird, goofy personality to it where it's like, you have to give this crocodile dog food so he can give you some flowers or something like that. <laughs> it's like super weird. Right. And Which is the stuff I would get stuck on as a kid. I'm like, I don't follow. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's like, it's a dream. You're not supposed to follow. It makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I love that game. But yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll get to that again later. Hint, hint, audience. My number wait, five wait. is Super Mario 3D Land for 3DS. And I just beat this game a few months or, God, a few months ago. 
like a year ago now pandemic hello uh yeah this this game is awesome this is how this game feels like 2d platforming uh in a 3d environment it's it has a what i like about it is that it has a fixed camera and the camera makes sense at all times I get why it's, you know, the novelty of having a free camera you can use with, like, you know, the right joypad or whatever. You know, oh, I can I can look around and it's open world and I can jump in the waterfall and la la la, whatever. When stuff is streamlined to the point where you can, the, the camera is set and it's like, oh, it's, it's going to move this way, it's going to move this way. It's so much better, so much better, because then you're not up Mario's ass you know, it's like, whoa, what the hell? You know, yeah, I, I don't know where I am all of a sudden. And I don't know. Do you ever run into those problems with I, I, I one of one one person in your uh, discord was playing Devil May Cry, the original uh, yeah. and just finished it and was like the camera gave me a lot of problems. And it's like, no shit. The camera and yeah. Devil May Cry. I'm so surprised. But yeah, it's uh, what are your thoughts on that? On just like camera just, sucking ass. Yeah, well, I mean, like camera sucking ass. Yeah, the the whole N sixty four thing, early three D puberty. You know, the gaming industry going through three D puberty, yeah. basically. Honestly, it. I mean, it's annoying. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, completely make me just stop playing a game. I'll suffer. I'll suffer through some. We talk about this on the Polyco podcast a lot. Me and my buddy Steve. We'll suffer through some jank. I don't know. I just. I have a high tolerance. I have a high jank tolerance. I will just take it. I'll just keep taking it and deal with a bad camera. Uh, I am playing a game right now on the Wii, Red Steel. I think it was a release title. Uh, anyway, that it's like a sounds first familiar. Shooter. I may have played that. Yeah, yeah. And you can also swing a sword in it. The camera in that is so bad. I've almost thrown up three times on my cat. <laughs> but there's still something about that. There's a charm. There's an early 2000s charm, early mid 2000s charm to it that just for some reason I just keep playing it. So. Yeah, I mean, it, back camera stuff is annoying, and it's it's certainly a, a detriment to the maybe N sixty four specifically because you got just one stick. But uh, at least you had a stick. I guess the first PlayStation uh, iterations did not. Anyway, doesn't bother me too too much. Uh, okay, yeah. See, when I yeah, it's I guess it's a similar kind of thing with Samus Returns. Where it's like, oh, this is how the pros do it. Where Mario three D Land, it's like, oh, this is what they meant to get at when it comes to like two D platforming in a three D world. You know, that sort of thing. Like, oh, this is what they meant. This is what it's been building to, I should say. Uh, right. This is, this is the result of that work. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I See, it's funny how people have certain tolerances for different levels of jank. Like, I can play every shitty sports game forever and ever and ever. I just love sports games. I think they're hilarious and fun, even the really shitty ones. That's why the uh, when it comes to making, like... Uh, those uh super nintendo genre games and stuff like that every baseball game every you know even if there's like 30 of them it's it's super fun to make because i love how seeing how like people interpret you know pro- video game programmers have to try and interpret baseball physics somehow and everybody's right. different and it's some people get it right and, so, and the people that don't get it right are like so wildly wrong that it's it's funny to me and yeah everybody's got their own tolerance when it comes to camera stuff with it's like I can't freaking see what I'm doing. How am I supposed to play it? So I just I get That's indignant. True. I mean, I I'm not saying like I'm laughing the whole time and just it's great. I will get mad and hate it for a minute, but yeah. I usually will. I'll stick with it. Just in, in just maybe to spite the game. Like you're not going to stop me from playing you because you suck. I'll I decide when I stop playing you. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, you're right. I do. I also get indignant. You're in charge. My number. F- I'm in charge. My number four is I'm going. It, it's sort of going to slot the DS. Ca- uh, I'm sorry, the DS Game Boy Advance Castlevanias in here. I've only played Circle of the Moon. I played it pretty mm. recently. I was addicted to it. I loved it. I want to play all the other ones. They're too damn pricey right now, unfortunately. Really? Uh, but I will. I'm, oh god, they're dumb. It's so dumb. They're all seventy, eighty bucks and and higher. But I want to get my hands on them somehow, play them. I might emulate. I don't know. But um, the Castlevanias in that era, I mean, they're still your 2D. They're the the Metroidvanias <laughs> of their time. You know, the early Castlevanias weren't so much that. So this is more of the, I guess, Symphony of the Night-inspired uh, stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Circle of the Moon is here specifically, but any of those old school, well, not old, old school, but mid-school Castlevanias... <laughs> Are for me. <laughs> Mid school. Oh yeah. Mid-school. Okay. Middle school is a thing. I thought you just invented something, but I tried. Yeah. I no. Try. It's like oh, middle school is a thing. Damn it. I was so excited <laughs> for a second, but yeah. I really liked Circle of the Moon when I played it, and that was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. I remember. I don't think I knew that. Wow. Yeah. It was huh. the Game Boy Advance had a lot of launch titles. It had like I want to say like sixteen or seventeen. It's also the subject of my one. Uh, Black Friday regret where I used to work second... This is a boring story. I used to work second shift. I don't know why I'm going down here, but... Might as well. We yeah, skipped a couple as well. weeks. We're we here. gotta fill, it, fill the time. Let's hear it. Fill this. Fill that time. Dig, grab a shovel. So I work se- second shift. The point is, is that I stayed up all night and um, uh, so, so I can like get in line to get into Toys R Us so I can get some of these deals, these sweet deals on these sweet games. And one of the deals was ca- Circle of the Moon for 10 bucks. And I'm Whoa. like, damn, this game is usually like 25, 30 bucks anytime I see it. I like, I need to get in on this. And so I'm, you know, I stay up, I stay up, I stay up. I usually go to bed at six and I'm very routine oriented. If I don't go to bed at six, my brain is like, what the hell's wrong with you? Go to bed. So, but the store opens at like 637. This was before like Black Friday became like a, its own holiday. And, you know, right. Yeah. So I, I go there and the line is already out the door. And I'm like, oh, well, I just wasted a shitload of time. I'm not going to wait in that for a $10 game. So I just turned around, went home, went back to bed. The end. Oh, man. And then I ended up getting Castle of the Moon later. Castle Circle. of the Moon. Circle of the Moon. Yeah. Castle of the Moon. Boy, what a cool game that would be. Uh, later on, and uh, yeah, that that ended up being my first uh, post-Symphony of the Night game uh, for there you go. the Castlevania series. But um, the point is, is that I've spent a lot of time with Circle of the Moon, and I really like it. And you spent a lot of time wanting it and didn't get it. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it makes the heart grow fonder, for sure. Indeed. I'm a great, I, I'm a great storyteller, huh? Pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, Toys R Us. I brought I brought you right there. I felt like I, I felt like I could smell the giraffe. Smell, <laughs> but the I, I speaking of stories though. What's you, you ever have weird ties? We don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but you ever have things like weirdly tied to games because I played Castlevania Circle of the Moon while listening to uh, Stephen King's Outsider or The hmm. Outsider or something like that, and it was basically perfect. I listened to the whole book the entire time I played the game because I listened to books super fast, and I tie that anytime I see that game or think about that game, I think of that story, and it's really weird. They kind of huh. blend together. Yeah, I don't usually strange. do that. Uh, I can only uh, 
I'm one of those people where I can only like if I'm gonna take on a story driven game, I need to like concentrate on that game and mm. no other story driven game. Like when I played uh, through Skies of Arcadia a couple of years ago, like okay, I was like, this is my one big story side project game. Then I'm gonna put like an hour into a day, blah blah blah. Breath of Fire three before that, um, and yeah, it's, it's, well, Circle of the Moon doesn't have a ton of story. I spent most of my time backtracking, figuring out where the fuck I was supposed to go. So I didn't. I suppose so. Yeah, I was just gonna say like yeah. the, the Circle of the Moon's in a different category, but yeah, no, I, I I need to. I don't know. Maybe I'm a simpleton, but I need to like dedicate a lot of brain power to to that. Plus, I like listening to the music jam out to that's, it i mean the music is great you're 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 not wrong there it's fantastic all the uh, that's another thing about the whole series the music is fantastic mm. all right what's your number uh i guess you what are you on number four here my number four is Link's awakening we already talked about it what's your number three my number three we've already talked about it gargoyles quest all oh right. wow you got it all the way up at number three i have it down at number 11 now i feel stupid because i love Gar- gargoyles quest and i love the original game boy and i should have put it higher yeah no i think it's a fantastic game and it controls so well for what it does because it's yeah. like a it's a hovery platformer. I they did such a great job with those Capcom hats off to you on those Gargoyles games. Yeah, man. I, and they're still somehow underrated. I won't say hidden gem, but I feel like not enough people are you know excited pumping their fist about Gargoyles Quest. <laughs> it's definitely you know top five for me. Uh, even Gargoyles Quest two on NES. Like solid. Where the heck is that game on everybody's top whatever list? Like that game is awesome. Looks great, plays great, yeah. Yeah, and it makes Demon's Crest that much more painful for me because it's the Super Nintendo continuation, and it's just not good. Uh, are we? So your number three is Gargoyles Quest. Uh, my number three is Castlevania: Aria of Sorrow for Game Boy Advance. I can't think. I can't say Aria of Sorrow without thinking of Metallica or James Hetfield saying Harvester of Aria Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow. Exactly. Every Language single time. Of the that's one of the ones I want to play, but you're you're saying it's pretty good. It seems like so. Dun, 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 dun. That's one of the songs I can play on guitar, like beginning to end. I know the solo, I know all the riffs huh. and all that stuff. It's a fun song. Um, yeah, this Patreon exclusive content right there, huh? <laughs> this oh God, this exclusive content. Click here. Aria of Sorrow is um, when I, I I wanted to do a video on Castle. The, why do I keep saying Castle? Circle of the Moon. You know, I, I it was a launch title, and I, I spent the most time with it. And every freaking comment was, or seemingly every comment was like, "You gotta play Are You of Sorrow." But it's like I've played it. It's good. It's it's more Circle of the Moon, just way more of it. It's super expansive. The story is bigger. Everything is bigger, faster, stronger. Like it's it's just more mm. Circle of the Moon. It's it's re- I need it's, to play it. it. Yeah, it's it's just it's a perfect sequel. It's like Mega Man X two, Donkey Kong Country two. You know, it's it's it slides right in alongside all the great sequels that have ever been made. It's it's perfect. I won't say it's perfect, but you know, it it does what a good sequel should is that it's just more faster, stronger, better, better looking, better sounding, all that stuff. It's really really good. I just have more of an affinity to Circle of the Moon because that's what I played first. So there you go. Cool, cool. Uh, my number two, Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. Oh, I forgot about this one. That's a good so call. Good. Really so good, good call. It's more than more than meets the eye with that one. You yes. start out, you're like, oh, what is this? Just the arcade game over again? But then you're like, oh, no. 
There's a hundred. I think it's a hundred levels. I don't know yeah. how many levels there are, but that's it's the birth birthplace of the uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong series there, and uh, it's pretty dang good. Pretty it's fun. pretty dang good. Yeah, it's I completely forgot about that one. That's such a good call. Anybody just just look up a Donkey Kong Game Boy. Uh, what is it? Is it technically called Donkey Kong '94? I don't think that's its official title, but I think that's the easiest way to search it. Yeah. But no, the official title is just Donkey Kong. Kong yeah. Game Boy. But yeah, th- th- again, this is another game where Nintendo needed to make sure that uh, you know when people get a Game Boy and they get Game Boy games that they're different from the NES. They're not just like, oh, here's the same game just on this crappier system. And I appreciate that. I I really like that they did that. They didn't have to do that with Donkey Kong, but they did, and that's that. I really like yeah. that. By the way, um, on the cover of Donkey Kong for Game Boy, that is not princess toadstool or peach that he has picked up is that pauline or somebody yeah (laughs) pauline (laughs) no i think that's debbie or cindy i don't know i thought his first girlfriend was pauline i don't know i i i I, pauline sounded like such a random name to me i thought you were just naming that's my grandmother's name (laughs) what um that's true that's a cool Um, name i like pauline you know what my grandma's name now you're changing your tune Gert. What's that? Gertrude. Gert? Gert. Wow. It is Pauline. What's up, Gert? It says it right there in the old Wikipedia. Oh, my grandma. My grandma was such a badass. She was great. Her name was Gert. Gert! That's that's pretty badass. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But also, Donkey Kong has its own uh, Super Game Boy border, which is also pretty rad. So it's got a lot going for it, man. I think it has. Everybody should play it if you haven't. I want to say it has some other Super Game Boy stuff that I just don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, no, it's, it's a surprise for sure. Surprise for sure. Uh, I hate those memes. Um, number two for me is uh, Wario Land 4 for Game Boy Advance. And the reason this is number two for me is because this feels like a continuation of like every great platformer I've ever played on Super Nintendo. It's like a natural continuation. Like, oh, if platformers just kept on being made on through Yoshi's Island, the next logical step would be Wario Land 4. Like, that's how good this game is, at least for me, because there's so much stuff to do without it being overwhelming and, like, sidetrack, sidetrackable, I guess, if that's a thing. But um, <laughs> I love that um, this game is, uh, ha- you get all these abilities that you can absorb, and you, what am I trying to think of? This, this guy has this book that he wrote uh, on the, I remember uh, talking to him on the Rackboy forums years ago years and years ago and he uh wrote a book that's like 300 something pages i want to say all about the level design in wario land 4 and it's available wow. on amazon as a uh, ebook that's pretty cool yeah it's really i mean it speaks to the strength of the game's design that it can inspire that sort of passion i guess but yeah it's i i, I think that guy kind of put me what am I trying? What cliche am I trying to come up with? Uh, put me on the uh, spot or something like that. Got me on the scent. That's what I'm trying to think of. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Got you on the scent there. Okay. Makes so he sense. he got you interested in the game, and then you were like, "Well, this is good." Yeah. It's, you're uh, like, I wouldn't write 300 pages about it, but I will make a three minute and 30 second video on it. Which of course. Now that I'm trying to search it on Amazon, of course I can't freaking find it. It might not be on there anymore. But uh, ah. Yeah, it, it was a well, huge I mean, ass ebook with thousands and, and thousands of words on Wario Land Four of all things, and it took me 
so off guard like how have i never played this game that this person has written this many words about so i had to play it i was like you know what you're right this this game is unbelievable like it's i don't know it's all the stuff we've already mentioned like i I don't know i i feel like i'm repeating myself a thousand times but yeah it's it's super fun i i really did you read the book yeah read the book (laughs) I i wish i remembered the guy's name too i'm sorry cool you know, my only exposure to the... I have not played a Wario Land. That's one of my biggest regrets oh, in life, you know? Wario Land's fun. But I, I've seen uh, your reviews on... I know 2 and 4 and probably 3. I, I don't know why you would just do 2 and 4. But, um, yeah, they always look enticing. I don't know why I've not done it. I'm an idiot. Um, you've actually done a lot to my backlog tonight. I, I have a lot of things I want to check out. So thank you for that. My number one is uh, the classic, and actually the one you don't like as much... But mine's the... Uh, are, wait, did you do your number two? You did. Okay, yours yep. was what we were just talking about. Okay, my number one is Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. Oh, I nice. Really enjoyed yeah, it. that's a good pick. It's simple. It's old-fashioned. I like it because compared to the NES one, which is very difficult, uh, a lot of people don't like that one. It's okay. It's hard. It's very obscure. It's not quite fun unless you've... Unless you've played it once. I, don't, I think it's more fun if you've played it the second time. But the second one... Much better, much easier, uh, maybe to get a grip on. I like the countdown of, and you you talked about this already with your Samus Returns earlier, but I like the yeah. countdown of of Metroids and stuff like that. It kind of gives you something to work toward, and a lot of cool abilities. And I think beating that one felt really good because to that point, I felt like Metroid games were a little out of my league in terms of difficulty. I was able to do it, and I thought that was great. So it's it's a good confidence booster on the old backlog. So you know, Metroid too. Good you times. just you just came up with a really good video idea, like confidence boosting games, like games that are beatable that will make you feel like you can do other stuff. Yeah, that make you feel like you you know, I, I guess like maybe a progression, like s- steps Me- to you know get to beat certain games to you know on it's almost yeah. like an achievement ranking or something i feel like um the original contra is another one of those games i think people think oh, it's way sure, too yeah. hard but it's not you just have to practice you just play it like five times in a row with with the konami code and then you, you go at it for <laughs> real you've rem- you've memorized it all you're not going to die yep. it's, it's not that yep. bad yeah and and all the pain in the ass stuff uh in contra is isn't such a pain in the ass anymore because you know all the paths especially like the yeah. the vertically climbing stages it's like Fuck oh I that did, stage it's just a simple oh. matter of just going this way and going over here and if you watch arcus do it enough times it's like oh i can do that but yeah sure <laughs> yeah well that was my number one i'm excited to hear what yours is well my number one is is just tetris like any version of handheld tetris oh, right is just awesome Been so long i forgot about it yeah <laughs> okay well, I my favorite thing is um, here. Here, here's a peek into the life of the at the SNES drunk home. We have a half bathroom on the I guess I'll, I'll call it the basement floor of our house, uh, where like the laundry stuff is. And um, I'm like, okay, I call this bathroom. It's mine because I want to put up shelves where I can put up like all my my Game Boy shit. So when I sit on the toilet, I can just like reach over and there's my game boy stuff <laughs> and just play whatever i want <laughs> right you need like one of those uh checkout counter uh rotating things yes you know, like like they hang sunglasses on but you ha- you just have games on them and you just kind of twirl it there and you're like hmm that is three or four today that is the vision i have i also have visions of uh 
pressless what, what what would you call them like motion sensor germ killing stuff things yeah, yeah yeah god what what happened to my words um i don't know <laughs> i'm just i'm just deteriorating as i'm stumbling <laughs> to the finish line over here i'm t- i'm t- i can't talk much longer i'm gonna have to freaking take a break as soon uh, yeah. Is this number one? Okay, this is number one. Good. The episode you show up without a voice, we go almost two uh, hours. Good job. Uh, uh, this is almost two hours. Holy shit! We're pushing it. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, no. I I've played and completed Tetris Nine Five on the original Tetris Game Boy. And by the way, this is mode B. You go to level five. You go to level nine, and then you go to height five. And you just get spammed with pieces uh, right away, like bing, bang, boom. And you have to, I love doing that right when I wake up, you know, you wake up, you stumble into the bathroom, you play nine, five on mode B and it's like, holy shit. Okay. I'm awake. It's like, it'll wake you up faster than coffee. It's, it's the best. I love doing that. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Might have to try it then. Yeah. I really like doing it. it. It's, it's a good way to keep the mind sharp. Uh, not you know, I'm. It's like trying to sharpen a butter knife at this point. But I don't know what else I would uh, put number one other than Tetris. It's really, it's everywhere. I mean, it's yeah, it's inherent to the handhelds, right? Like it just feels like that's yeah. where its home is. I mean, even though it's it's popular on you know pretty much every platform. I'm trying to think of like what life was like before Tetris, and it's it's weird to think about. <laughs> I know that's Tetris a weird thing was, to say, but. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, like, you know, everyone talks about how the Wii was great for getting, you know, the, the olds involved, the salt and peppers in there, getting the old people going. But man, the original Tetris on the Game Boy, you know how many, like, I've, as a collector, we talked about this earlier, I'm all mm-hmm. the time buying boxes of plastic off old people. Old people play the most Tetris. That's where I get most, you know, whenever <laughs> I go to the flea market or whatever, there's yep. a Craigslist thing years ago before COVID. Uh, anytime that there was a... A Game Boy that came with Tetris, sometimes multiple copies, uh, always got it from an old person. Man, they yep. just they loved it, and it was it was their gateway into gaming. A lot of them. My dad was a huge fan of of Game Boy Tetris too. So it's just everywhere, and you're turning into you're you're basically becoming the dad from from 30 years ago now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. My 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 childhood friend's dad. Uh, who's a great guy? Uh, one of my favorite people. <laughs> Just <laughs> he has the typical like dad voice and all that sort of stuff. And I don't need, I don't need any other games. I just play a Tetris and golf when I'm taking a shit. That's all I That's need. It. I don't need nothing else. That's it. It's like, well, yeah, makes sense to me. Whatever you got to do, whatever wakes you up, man. Yeah, no, I love doing that. That's like super. Uh, it's it's seriously like coffee straight into the veins. Like, whoa, okay, I better pay attention. I need to get get going on this right away. And it, it works every time. I really like doing that. It's it's super fun. Um, and I always manage to beat it, too. Uh, you get the space shuttle and the great music. Um, that's always the carrot that dangles in front of me is like, if I wake up with that music in my head, I need to hear it. So I need to beat it to, to hear it. There's a so. lot of things dangling in this scenario. I, I have... <laughs> Uh, that's that's great though i think it well i'll tell you that's anybody, great your you dangling a, is great thank you if you thank have you. a if you have a handheld ritual go ahead and email that in the drunk friend podcast yes. at gmail.com. please do we'd love to we'd love to hear if it. you have a game boy bathroom yeah oh that'd be fantastic yeah 
Yeah. Okay. I think that's going to do it. We're, we we made up for lost time. We didn't. We weren't around last uh, last week, so we got we got a big girthy one this week for you. So hopefully you <laughs> frothy. You know, maybe you learned about some games here. You can you can look for yourself. Alex has plenty of reviews of a lot of these that we talked about on his channel. So if you're curious, poke around there and check uh, them out. I'm like two. I'm uh, all for it. Yeah. Now you got more. You got a couple in there. Yeah. I've talked about Tales Adventure before. I've talked about Mario Land two. Uh, Link's, Link's Awakening, Awakening there, and sure. Mario Land Four. That's it. Yeah, you got a handful. I I would I would like to do a a, a honest to goodness review of of Tetris, like for Game Boy, like a, as if I had I, I had never heard of it or found it before. Just be like, <laughs> here's this hidden gem because you know everybody makes the hidden gem joke, but it it would work best with Tetris because I mean, the game sold like 89 million copies worldwide or something stupid like that. So I probably have one right now in my pants. I think I'm going to do the outro like this because, you know, okay. I'm all about that comedy. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I My voice is, uh, even even my voice is on uh, shaky ground, my regular voice. I can feel it. I can feel it, Trev. It's leaving me. I can me. hear it. You sound <laughs> yeah. rough over there. Maybe <laughs> I can maybe go down it. to one pack. Maybe go down to one pack, you know? No. Two's, no, man. I need, my, I need my reds. I need my wides. <laughs> I need my reds. All right. It's going to... It's going to turn your Super Nintendo yellow. I know Whoa. that's not how it works. Hang right. on now. That's a low blow. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Please head over to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us and our crew. We have Tales of the Lesser Medium, which has a new episode out on Ninja Gaiden, and it's a good time. So check that out. we got Petey's Power Hour for your beverage-related entertainment. Polykill, if you like, well... Me and video games, indie quests for all those under the radar titles you missed, and more. If you're not interested in, se- I can't do it the whole time. That's torture for the <laughs> listener. I'm sorry. You could do your Biden, it- <laughs> folks. <laughs> folks Good, if okay. you're not interested, folks. If you're not interested in sending an email, hey, it's no big deal. My dad said just to give us a rating, a review on a podcast app of your choice. It's fine. Listen, that'll help us out big time, folks. It'll help us. We just need some help, folks. My dad, folks. <laughs> you can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex, he's over there at SNES Drunk. And folks, as always, the music you heard in the beginning, you can hear it right now, is composed by our friend Coolart. Folks, my dad. The track you can hear is called Electric <laughs> Star Bounce. My dad. You can find a link to more of his music. Not my dad, but Coolor. Coolor is not my dad. Coolor is Coolor, but my dad. He talks about Coolor's music. It's on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And shout out to my dad. Shout out to Josh Leslie. He's going to do some thirst quenching logos for us. So, yeah. Oh, man. President Biden, it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy you're here. Um, be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day.